Hi, this is Erin, and welcome to Everything EFL, my little podcast about English language teaching and other teachy stuff too. Credit and honourable mentions will be given during the episode or in the show notes. Let's crack on. Hello, you gorgeous teacher. Lovely to see you. If you're a new listener, you are most welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Delighted you're here. So this week, I've had some really lovely messages on Instagram. I've been posting videos for a few weeks now, and I'm starting to get a really nice response for them. So thank you very much. I've also been getting loads of followers on Instagram, but I think it's down to the Hugh Delaness of my last episode, episode 60. If you haven't listened, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen because this is related to it. So currently I am trying lots of lexical stuff in class. I'm trying new things. And this group is perfect actually for this because they've been studying grammar for years, but they can't produce anything independently. So I'm just moving away from the traditional PPP grammar lessons. You know, they can do those exercises and stuff for homework. It's not going to help them improve their language skills at this point. Now, I'm not saying I know all the tricks, but I am trying stuff and I strongly encourage you to do the same. Not sure how? Well, this is what this episode is all about. I'm going to throw a few practical ways to get grammatical, if you will, um, without the PPP style lessons. We're going to start with a kind of very condensed background to the lexical approach and grammar. And I'm borrowing very heavily from Hugh Della's books and his YouTube videos here. Okay, but as always, all the references will go in the show notes. We're going to talk about how grammar interacts with language. To quote Hugh Della from last week, we need to subjugate grammar to the greater communicative context. Okay, but how do we do this? Don't worry, don't stress, just sit back, relax, get your pen ready. Here we go. Okay, so let's start with a few basic concepts. Grammaticalized lexis. This carries more meaning and drives communication because Grammar is attached to language, not vice versa, okay? Now, in the course book, you will get a predictable sequence of grammar structures. But but what are you getting from your students in terms of output? You know, a sentence-level answer, and then the next lesson, the information's gone, and you have to go over it all over again. It's not engaging. Focusing on these grammar structures in isolation distorts the reality of the usage. You know, the typical example would be, if I had a million dollars, I would. Okay, how often do you actually say that? And also students don't get to see how those conversations develop. Repeated exposure is very important. I'm going to give you more on that later. Focus on those institutionalized sentences. Examples of grammar that are so probable, they're going to become fixed pieces of language. Again, I'm going to give you some examples of that later. Think about also conversations and the way they develop. That surely takes priority over the study of structures in isolation. So let's say you're doing the dreaded present continuous for future plans. What are you doing later? Okay, you could give them the I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But how about things like, well, I was thinking about or I'll see how I feel. Now, is it necessary to delve into the grammar of I was thinking? No. Teach them as phrases to use when talking about plans. Surely that makes much more sense and it kind of decreases that grammar stress that a lot of students have. How about putting more focus on conversation? Students can see the interaction of the current structure you're looking at with other structures and then that equips them with the English to use as a communicative act. You know, and also... Think about like expanding on those common structures and phrases. So things like, have you been to Ireland? You know, what's the traditional answer? Yes, I have. No, I haven't. How about 
Again, furnishing them with some fixed phrases and expressions like, no, but it's on my list. No, but I'd love to. Yeah, a few years ago. Giving them a choice of answers. Giving them a choice of answers. Okay, so that was my background. I know it was fairly rushed and not that comprehensive, but I am a firm believer in you know, just getting down to the practical activities. And like, you know, if you listen to last week's episode, you'll have a decent idea of what the lexical approach is. But let's get to the good stuff, okay? How can we actually incorporate this into our lessons? Okay, so I've got eight things to tell you, and it's a mixture of some Hugh Della stuff and just a couple of things that I've been trying out myself. Okay, number one, don't make a big deal of it. What am I talking about? I'm going to give you my class as an example, okay? They're A2, they're very weak, but every day I ask them, what have you been up to? You know, because their lesson starts at six o'clock, so I want to know what they've been doing during the day. They generally use the past simple for their answer. That's okay for now. Um, And also if, you know, they say I'm tired, which seems to be a common response, I say, what have you been doing? Now, there's no need really to explain what have you been up to? What have you been doing? There's no need to explain that grammatically. They, They understand what it means. And then when they try to give an answer, that's the emergent language, and I correct them, give them the right chunk, get them to write it down. Bob's your uncle. Everyone's happy. How about something like, you know, your student was explaining why they were late, um, something happened on their holiday, and they're trying to say, my flight was delayed. And you give them the language, my flight was delayed. Do we need a big explanation about the passive? No, no, we don't. We don't even need to mention the word passive. It is what it is. My flight was delayed. It's a very common lexical chunk. Leave it. It's not a big deal. Don't make it one. Number two, to quote Hugh Della, What advances students is layer upon layer of Lexis, so that repeated exposure, making maybe small changes to see how one very common phrase can be used to suit students' own narratives. Again, an example, we had I love go shopping, so we corrected it, or I elicited the correction. I love going shopping. Okay, turns out quite a few students didn't know the answer. Even more reason to stop and focus on it. So I got every student to say what they love doing. Okay, and then let's change it up a little bit. Keep that same structure, switch verbs. I hate doing. So I got them all to say I hate doing. Tomorrow I might expand on that with I hate, I love doing because. Okay, and then or I could say, why? Why do you like it? Get more out of them. Expose them to that same structure. And I reckon that this structure is so common. It's going to naturally occur somewhere in the course book or with whatever materials I choose to give them. It might even come up in a future grammar exercise should I choose to use it. But my point is this structure will come up again and again. So, you know, if it does, I'm going to just highlight it. Let's focus on it again. Can you give me some examples? Easy. Number three, focus on patterns in discourse. This is the stuff that's good for conversation. So currently I'm training my students to try to communicate with each other. Okay, how have you been? Not so bad. What have you been up to? Next week, I'm going to try and tackle the dreaded, what are you doing after class? Wish me luck. My point is that, you know, you are giving them these common phrases that often occur in conversations. And the good thing about it is a lot of these phrases are quite short and easy to remember. Like I said, if you ask the same questions, they will have to use the same phrases again and again and again. Number four, emergent language. Record and use the emergent 
language. Now, if you remember, emergent language is the language that the students produce when they're trying to say something、it、comes out a little bit wrong, and then you jump in and give them the correct version. You know, again, if you want to. Focus on grammar. That's where you go. Oh, why is this an ing verb? Oh, what preposition do we need here? That kind of thing. But again, you're not dwelling on the the grammar itself. And the great thing is, again, like a lot of this emergent language、um, comes in the form of very common phrases. So, going back to my example, what did you do yesterday? What have you been up to?、Um, at the beginning of the week, you know, it was I went walk. I go for to walk. You know, and I give them I went for a walk, and then they repeat that. Think of how their confidence is going to be built when they're repeating these kinds of phrases daily, and they're getting them correct more and more and more. And I'm going to say it again, in case I've already said it: get your students to write everything down, even if they've seen the pattern before, even if you've asked them to write it down before. Get them to write all of these phrases and expressions down every time you use them. Number five. Single words not wanted. Are you still teaching your students single words? Okay, but you know, teach them a collocation. Teach them the word within a phrase, and then the grammar naturally comes around that. But think about. Okay, let me give you an example. All right, let's take the word single, as in I'm not married or I, I haven't got a partner. Okay. If you think of the typical grammar structures you find around that, the two things that spring to mind for me. Are a question form in the present simple. Are you single? And then something a little bit longer. I was single for X years before I met X. Okay, really simple. Doesn't have to be complicated. But you're giving them two really common ways of using single. Surely that's better than just teaching the word single. Number six, teach fixed expressions with the same grammatical patterns. Not quite ready to ditch the course book. I completely understand, but try this next time you have a grammar lesson. Okay, I'll give you an example. So a while ago, the next thing in the grammar section was will. Right? Everybody knows it's a minefield. So I chose one aspect. I chose will for spontaneous decisions, and I came up with I don't know six or eight phrases with will. For example, okay, I'll give it a try. I'll be back in a minute. I'll see you there. I'll think about it. So what I got my students to do was match these phrases with a sentence to make a two-line dialogue. So, for example, "Argo one is actually really easy. It's much easier than you think it is." Okay, I'll give it a try. So you're putting it in a bit of context, and then you get your students to add another line of dialogue before and after these two lines. So you're expanding this kind of natural conversation. And then again, if you want to get grammatical, you can say, you know, quick question: When did we make this decision? At the moment of speaking, before the moment of speaking. And then you have a few really nice natural chunks of language that you can recycle in the usual ways. You know, your gap fills, your error correction, building dialogues, maybe do a dictogloss, possibly a running dictations with errors inside that they have to correct, story, whatever it is you usually do to recycle that language. Number seven, keep real-world situations in mind. Okay, keep it true to what you say and hear, or to what your students say and hear. So, classic example: second condition. 
I think Hugh mentioned this last week, you know, it's it's all well and good to do the if I won a million dollars, I would or if I lived in a big house, I would. But why don't you concentrate on things they will actually use in their spoken discourse? If I were you, I'd I wouldn't do that if I were you. Think about the passive, okay? How many times have you come across these random sentences in a grammar exercise like the windows are cleaned every day? When is your student ever going to say that? Okay, my students are really into films, dramas and music. This is a perfect context for the passive. Do I need to expand outside of that context? I mean, possibly, but why don't you keep it within the realms of interest and within the the realms of your students' lives where they'll actually use it in a meaningful way? Then they'll see the passive in other situations and they probably won't need a massive explanation. They'll, They'll just kind of, you know, they'll get the idea because they've been exposed to it, but it will have been in a context that they are engaged with. And also think about the verbs that are commonly used within that grammatical framework. So let's say, for example, you're doing, you know, present perfect. I've had, I mean, it's very simple, but think of how many sentences we use with have in the present perfect. I've had a terrible day. Um, I've had a, a tough week. I've just had the nicest dinner. I've just had a really nice conversation. You know, I mean, think about that because again, you know, maybe... I always used to think, oh, the present perfect, brilliant opportunity to practice all of those, you know, verb threes, those past participles that students always get wrong. But at the end of the day, what's the point in practicing all of those if they're not going to use them in their real life conversations? So again, think about, you know, within the classroom context, have you finished? I've finished. Just little things like that. This is the present perfect they need to learn. And if you're not 100% sure which verbs go you know, within which grammatical framework. First of all, just think about it, first of all, and think about the things you say in here. Go onto a dictionary like Macmillan that will have some real world, real life examples. And then, you know, go to Google. Google common phrases with the present perfect, common verbs with the passive. You'll find a wealth of information online to help you. Number eight. This is the most random one. Use stuff around you. So I have this mug at home and it's got a picture of a unicorn on it and it says, I'm so awesome, I poop rainbows. Think about that grammatical structure, okay? You're probably going to use it like it was so hot I was sweating bullets. Fine, you get the idea though. I have an object with a nice little grammar structure. You could get students to make their own sentences from that. In in this case, you know, I'm so awesome, I blah, blah, blah. And then you can play around with that. Which student is the most awesome? There are so many T-shirts and mugs and and memes. I think memes would probably be a really good place to start on Google Images if you just want to find something really random that you want to play with. And again, look at the grammar structure and think about how we use it and how the students can use it in real world conversations. And then once you've played around with it, don't forget, build a dialogue or some text around these chunks of language. Give the students some context so that students can see how it interacts with other grammar structures as well. And it's not isolated. So that's it for the moment, guys. I'd love to know if there's anything there that you are willing to try this week. I would love you to choose one thing and try it out this week. And I'd love you to let me know how it goes and how the students reacted. So thank you for listening to my episode. My podcast is growing and I couldn't be happier. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of favours in return for this 
amazing free content that I'm giving you. If you haven't already subscribed, hit that subscribe button. You can follow me on Instagram under Everything EFL Pod or Facebook Everything EFL Podcast. If you join my Facebook group and you like it or follow it, I can then invite you to my private Facebook group where I post videos. I'm currently posting about three or four videos a week. Um, I tend to make videos kind of off the cuff, very much in the moment. At the moment, I'm doing a lot of stuff about shy students because that's who I'm teaching. I'm trying new things and I just like to make little videos about what I'm doing and hopefully give you a bit of inspiration as well. They're always one minute or under because at the end of the day, we don't have a lot of time, energy and headspace to watch anything longer than that. So I very much have you in mind when I'm making these videos. I'd love you to engage on posts when I release an episode after you listen. And also with the videos, you know, I'd love you to comment and start a conversation and, and get to know some of my other followers because you really are a fabulous bunch. And above all, guys, if you could share any of my posts or videos, hit that share button and I will be eternally grateful. So as always, guys, take care of yourselves, look after yourselves and share the love. Bye. <laughs>